Welcome to the RIBA's Road to Recovery podcast series, a chance to peek behind the net curtains of a host of architects' practices across the country, to sneak into their lockdown worlds and hear their personal experiences of and responses to COVID-19. I would see it as more of a kind of an accelerated evolution than a recovery. We're just in this permanent Zoom presentation from Monday to Friday. (laughs) We can't revert back to what it was. In this episode, we talk office space changing forever and wrestle with ways of navigating our Zoomed out world. Meet Angus Mora Ryan from Damatos Ryan Architects, Tara Ballade from Ballade Studio, and Alison McCarricher from ADP Architects. I guess we're now in a, a period of recovery. Thinking about that recovery, how do you define it, Tara? What does recovery mean to you? I think that defining recovery is very much going to look at sustainability as a whole and the approach in a more holistic way. So looking at environmental as well as socioeconomic uh, sustainability together. So environmental, certainly looking at our individual spaces, our homes, the quality of build we have, placing far more emphasis on post-occupancy evaluation and ensuring that we remove this performance gap that we often see in new buildings. But recognizing that in pandemics, in recessions, a lot of new independent businesses occur and happen and thrive or or begin in this moment. So really, how do we look at growing those? How do we look at encouraging those? What opportunities could, could we as a community, but also authorities, local authorities provide? I slightly have trouble with the word recovery because it suggests that we've fallen. And I'm not 100% sure that's that's correct. I mean, I, I, I think this is, yeah, we talked about this being an acceleration of certain trends. Our practice has been through 9-11, SARS and the banking crash, and each of them had their kind of issues which had to be resolved. Uh, but in each case, there was something really positive that came out of them where we kind of reset what we were doing and we changed tack in some way. This is a more significant one. I think you can, we can categorically say this is greater than, than the banking crash or, or SARS or something like that for changing because it's a global economic phenomenon. But it's tied in, obviously, with sociological implications. And it's really, really exposed so many inequalities. And as Tara was saying, sustainability, I think it's a huge opportunity for architects to get to the front of this agenda and lead. So I think architects should see this as a really optimistic, I mean, as far as they practically can, I realise there are are kind of financial constraints and difficulties of the short-term kind of dip in work and and not quite knowing where your next job's coming from. But I think architects can, if they want to, take really take the lead in this. I would see it as more of a kind of an accelerated evolution than the recovery. And Alison? Recovery in the first instance is actually having a business the same size as it was going into it, uh, which is quite difficult to see at the moment, worrying about where your next job is going to come from. But I think it is an opportunity, it's a real opportunity to embrace what we've managed and demonstrated we can do. We don't need to do all the travelling around. We can be far more efficient. We can be far more effective. We can be far more conservative in terms of energy consumption. And this is an opportunity, I think, to really take that forward. We can't revert back to what it was. And what have you learned from this period of lockdown, Angus? Well, I think it's been lots of positives. I mean, I think we've suddenly realised that, you know, the status of the office as somewhere where you do work 
has changed forever. We can have a more flexible and honest relationship with our, our working lives. And I think that's fantastic. I mean, I, if I kind of cast my mind back to when I first started working and I was the first person to bring a computer into our office in, gosh, the early 90s. And I remember Dinosaur boss, days. I know, but I mean, it was, and I, I seem to remember my boss at the time saying, yeah, it's okay, but you can only do kind of, you know, general arrangement plans. I'm not going to let you do any design on that, you know. And, <laughs> um, and I think there's a the thing that computers were meant to emancipate us. And in fact, I think in what's happened in that 20, 20, 25 year period is that we've just ended up going faster and faster and faster, producing more in less time. And there's something about lockdown that's kind of reset that in a certain way. It's kind of allowed us to go, well, hold on a minute. There's, there's more to life that, you know, you, you can work more flexibly. And actually the technology is finally giving us something back where we're able to do whatever we're doing, wherever we want. The other thing I think I found that's quite extraordinary is, and this is really weird, I think we communicate better remotely than we do when we're in the room. We've learned these things very, very quickly, but there's something about each of those as bits of software, and I'm sure there's lots of other platforms one can use, that they force you really to kind of communicate in a clear and unambiguous way. You're, you're kind of forced to be direct about what it is you're actually doing and you commit to it. And Tara, how is it for you? I mean, one of the things that I immediately found was just the amount of productivity that grew immensely overnight, I think. And I think particularly because originally we all thought it would be for three, or I certainly thought it would be for three weeks. You know, I, I loved it. I absolutely thought, oh my gosh, this, I can get so much done in such um, little time. And then, of course, we've now eventually come into this zoomed out world. Um, but I still take that as a positive in that we are able to, um, I guess, work more consistently and I've sort of come full circle if you like in that first we were able to work then zoom took over and now I've sort of started to split my time and certainly with the rest of my team in that we sort of allowed the mornings to crack on with any work and leave our meetings to the afternoon because um, otherwise I you know I think we were finding we were just in this permanent zoom presentation from Monday to Friday <laughs> and then drink, drinks or a webinar or whatever in the evening so that that was a lot that was intense for a while and also just being able to like sort of sketch on our screens and our tablets and being able to see people's families um, and see them as a full as a more well-rounded individual and just yeah being able to share our personal lives I think has been a brilliant takeaway from this. Alison how was it for your practice? We've done a, a lot of sessions with clients a lot of thought leadership events with them um, different ways now with things have sort of eased slightly is actually say you know having a cup of coffee with them outside in a garden somewhere and that has been a real positive response from clients that just doing something slightly differently because I think everyone's getting slightly zoomed out at the moment. I mean I think the one thing I would kind of caveat what we've said is that a lot of this works because uh, we have probably offices that with people that we trust and know. Imagine the circumstances whereby you're bringing someone new into that forum that would be a very different matter because you'd have to kind of, you know, you're, I know every single one of my employees. I know who they are, what they are. I trust them implicitly. I'm, I have a very warm relationship with them. They also know the way that we do things. I, that I think if we persisted with this way of working entirely, that might be get tricky when you want to expand a team or bring a, a, a kind of new project in with new personalities. So that, that kind of brings me back to at some point, we all do need to kind of congregate and gather but I think it'll be done in a kind of more interesting way, probably potentially a more focused, proactive way. So it's about having time to think about the bigger picture things. Tara, you've had some thoughts about restructuring your company. Um, yes, definitely having um, time to sort of um, rethink of things. And, you know, sort of in terms, certainly within our practice, we're 
in terms of moving forward, like I highlighted, we definitely won't be going into the office daily. And it's, to be honest, not necessarily been a part of our culture anyway, which is why it was quite easy-ish to transition. And while we know we recognize that we need the touch points, I think that just becomes more evidence. And that point actually of, I guess, recognizing and seeing our neighborhoods a little bit differently in terms of, I've, I've personally found new parks, new places to run, and it's been brilliant. And a lot of my colleagues have done the same. It also gives us as architects certainly an opportunity to rethink how our homes um, exist, what the home means, um, and how we can adapt in terms of building design, but also placemaking, um, what the new high street is going to look like, which is just a process of the declining high street that was, was happening anyway. And this has heightened the process or certainly sped up the process. So it gives us an opportunity to really deal with these larger socioeconomic challenges now. I, mean, I think COVID-19 has, uh, has accelerated these trends, as you say. I think it's kind of t- certain things were already happening, but this is going to force the hand of it. I mean, the high street is is one more obvious one. I suppose places of work is another. I think for me, you know, our neighbourhoods can become much richer if we if we can get to the people who own the assets, as in the people who own these properties on the high street, and convince them of alternative uses or more complex hybrid uses. Then there's a really exciting future ahead. And I think there's some really optimistic things that can be done with those by virtue of the fact that, as I say, I think people can instead of if you don't have a garden and you can go to your garden shed to work, or you don't have an attic room or you can go to your spare room. There should be for these twenty somethings somewhere where they can go, where they can pick up really super fast broadband, have typographic facilities, they can log into their company and, and, and have a kind of public life as well as a private life. So I think, you know, there'll be much more of that happening on the high street. Let me just ask you one final question. So project yourself forward, let's say six months along the line, and we're recovered. What practices have you taken back that you learnt in lockdown, Angus? The business of architecture has become more fragmented. So in the olden days, we used to have a model maker and a visualiser, and you know, you'd employ someone for each one of these roles in the practice and we'd fill the room for the people who are all salaried and then then fast forward 20 years and we're doing the same amount of work but with a third of the number of people and um, so one of the things that I'm keen to see is I'd, I'd, I'd like the industry to become more efficient even more efficient in that sense probably more like the film industry or the advertising industry where the resources are much more intelligently geared up and geared down in, in a kind of flexible way. So I can see potentially down the line, consortia or groups of architects sharing pools of resources of, of people who have the right kind of type of architecture or similar interests. If you're able to kind of share those resources in a more fluid way, there's a kind of an efficiency. Tara, what are your thoughts? What are you going to take from lockdown? A few things. One is that this has given us an opportunity to rewrite our vision, if you like, um, and really think about the next five years. So even six months from now, one thing we've ended up doing a lot more of is collaborating with smaller and larger practices. Expanding our expertise is something that we've done a lot of during this time, just because we've had the time available for us. But also, I think critically, I hope that as a practice and as a profession, as an industry, we become more creative in initiating our own projects. And Alison, one of the main things is that we don't all have to be in the office all the time to be able to work as a business. We can work more remotely and more flexibly and be more accommodating of people's personal lives and their ability to deliver their jobs 
deliver their responsibilities effectively in that, in that sort of different environment. We can spend less time traveling. We can spend less time having meetings for the sake of having meetings and be far more focused. I think that's going to be a key thing is actually changing the way that we actually do our work. Angus, Tara and Alison, thanks so much for taking part in this RIBA Road to Recovery podcast series.